Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Yes, by all means, welcome to Aetherius Radio Live here on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday every month from 1 until 2 p.m. Aetherius Radio Live is co-hosted by international broadcasters and authors Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. They explore many amazing topics such as karma, UFOs, our Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and many more. You are invited to discover the cosmic message for this age, revealed through the legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, who was with us in the physical between 1954 and 1997. Without further ado, I give you the hosts of today's program, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you very much, Annette. Yes, thank you, Annette. So nice to uh, talk to you again. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's going to be a good show. It's lovely to have Annette back. Yes, because you got us started, Annette. You got us started. (laughs) Absolutely. And welcome to all our listeners. Yes, welcome, everybody. And this is going to be a very, very interesting show, I believe. A Cosmic Lesson for Advanced Extraterrestrials is the title. Well, it's certainly a challenge, Chrissy. It is indeed. <laughs> and so, so um, you yes, please please lead away because this I'd just like to say to our listeners that we're sort of breaking new ground to the best of my knowledge this has never been tackled on a radio show before this particular topic. It's uh, a very very relevant one. The Aetherius Society on Saturday on the 13th of February, the Saturday that's just gone, celebrated the 50th anniversary of an event which was a physical contact with an extraterrestrial being uh, that Dr. George King had. And he had this at our American headquarters. And if you ever visit our American headquarters, which you're absolutely welcome to do in Los Angeles, you can be shown exactly where this space intelligence, and I know this is a big claim, but then we make big claims on Ethereus Radio Live, uh, came, and what he did there, and how he blessed that very place. And uh, this intelligence came from another, not only another planet, but another solar system. And I think, Chrissy, you're, you're going to be kind enough to introduce us and tell us a bit of the history of that. Uh, and it's an amazing history indeed. But I just ask our listeners to be exceptionally open-minded this month and listen with an open heart and an open mind. Yes, thank you very much, Richard. As you say, we make big claims, but they're claims of truth, and we can back up the claims. Um, So please do listen with an open mind, as Richard said. And this is such an intriguing title, I'm sure you'll agree, A Cosmic Lesson for Advanced Extraterrestrials. And so I'd like to uh, set the scene for what exactly this means. And first of all, we'll talk a little about the planetary system called Gotha, what it is, and the extremely spiritually enlightened people of this Gotha system. And as Richard said, what you'll hear today may seem, you know, more like science fiction at first, because it's so incredible, but it is a story of truth. And it's a a truth that turned out actually to be very wonderful for us inhabitants of Earth, as you will hear, despite great personal cost to the inhabitants of this planetary system, Gotha. 
Now, first of all, what is Gotha? Gotha is, a, as I say, a planetary system. It's billions of miles from us, some 36,000 light years, actually, we've heard. And like many other planets in, in this solar system, within other systems, other galaxies, the system of Gotha has intelligent, very advanced spiritual and technological and scientific life. And we learn it has two inhabited planets. So the people from Gotha, the masters from this, these inhabited planets, are extremely enlightened. And we have to understand, though, that not everyone out there in the cosmos is like this. Uh, of course, in our solar system, as Richard and I have discussed before, we on this planet are the backward ones in our solar system. But out there in the cosmos, there are other belligerent races and some with far more technological and scientific advancement than, than we on this Earth. Um, Gotha came across such a belligerent race who initially seemed to be friendly. And so being very spiritually advanced, they invited them to their world and exchanged beliefs. And then they, they shared with these belligerent people an aspect of their science. And uh, also, as we've mentioned before, like all science, it can be used for good or evil, depending on the motive. And this belligerent race followed the Gotha masters back to attack them, to gain access um, to what these ones realized was an incredibly advanced science. And uh, eventually, the Gotha people, with the help of other, other advanced intelligences from another system called Arturus, actually, um, managed to repel their attacks. But they didn't fight back, um, but they did manage to protect themselves with help. And what they did as a result of that, they closed down their space explorations and became very monastic and very inward-looking. But during all this time, there was one Gothamaster in particular of great, tremendous psychic ability and great mental feats who was, you could regard him as a rebel. And he started a movement to get people out of the monasteries and back into the cosmos. And he did gain some followers. Um, and all this time, this master had been uh, thinking and monitoring and working and building spacecraft and other devices. And also, he monitored a tremendous happening which was taking place on Earth. Uh, this was an, another incredible story. Um, another one that happened 50 years ago this year, a battle between an alien intelligence, well, it ended 50 years ago this year, an alien intelligence which had been dormant on Earth for millions of years, uh, completely unknown to humanity, and was now awakened, beginning to be awakened from its dormancy by the great changes which taken place on Earth. And again, please do listen to previous shows because we have talked about this too. And this incredibly... Um, psychic, if you like to use the word, master from Gotha, had, had, was monitoring this. And he was absolutely amazed that there were only three intelligences to start with, the three adepts, and again, we've talked about these wonderful adepts, were fighting the battle with this alien, which almost everyone on Earth, as I say, was completely unaware of, as the masses, unfortunately, are often, usually, unaware of the truly great things that happen, such as the primary initiation of Earth and, and also all the terrible battles fought on our behalf in the lower realms by the great ones. Um, anyway, the three adepts, as we know in the Aetherius Society, the adepts 
won this terrible battle. And as I say, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the end of this mission, which we call the Alien Mission, on January the 22nd, a few weeks ago. And the Masters from Gotha, the Masters from Gotha was so overwhelmed by this that he contacted these adepts on Earth um, and to help on, on, on their world because he knew what, that help was needed. And um, the rest of this amazing story we will talk about in this radio show today. Now, as I said in the beginning, um, the story is, is an amazing one. It's also a very moving one. And as I say, it turned out very well for us, even though we're completely on the whole unaware of all their sacrifice and all their compassion and all that they're doing for us, these, adept, these masters from Gotha. But, um, you know, it did turn out to be very, very positive for humanity and the future. So over to Richard now. Um, thank you for letting me set the scene yeah, here. Is there anything you want to add to this? Well, I think that you did a fantastic job there, Chrissy, on a, on a very complicated uh, subject, really, for, if, to, to explain to somebody for the first time. And if you are a new listener, please let me just advise you that of, of our website, ethereus.org, uh, org, And you can go there, and of course, you can look up some of these things, because it's a lot to take in. I must, I must appreciate and feel for you, really, hearing all this uh, very significant information. One thing I would add, Chrissy, just as a matter of mm. explanation, of course, is when we're talking about battles on this planet and the alien mission on this planet, we are not talking about um, our physical world, or let's just say this physical realm that we're all on. We're talking here about lower realms. There are higher realms, wonderful higher realms, uh, but there are also lower realms, unfortunately, and that is where that particular battle was fought. And these three adepts, joined by two others uh, during the course of it, but the three all had to project from their bodies on this realm uh, in order to fight that particular battle. And we, we have, as Chrissy said, spoken about, you'll find if you look back, a show about uh, the, the heroes of our age, the six adepts, and these three are, in some ways, well, they were the ones who suffered the most because they were in ordinary Earth physical bodies. Yeah. So that battle is a whole vast topic in itself, which you can learn about, and you can get our newsletters if you're interested and so on, which will tell you more about this. And indeed, you can contact our representatives. We'll be very, very happy to, to talk more about it. But for the purposes of this particular broadcast, we did want to draw attention to the, the Gotha um, commemoration, as we call it, really, particularly because they are playing, as we will reveal later, a, an absolutely crucial role in our world, an unseen role, mm -hmm. and to most people an unknown role, but we will reveal it, and, and we are very, very indebted to them for what they are doing now and have done for decades for us uh, in, on this planet. But just going back to where, Chrissy, where you got to, uh, you got to the fact that here you had a race. Now, this is very interesting, who were highly spiritual. I think we need to stress this because there's, there's lots of talk about war and on this our world and defending yourself and not trusting foreigners and etc., etc. But these were people who weren't like 
the inhabitants of this planet at all. I mean, for a start, they were many thousands, hundreds of thousands, possibly, well, definitely millions, I would say, of years in advance of of our uh, spiritual culture. Uh, the ordinary person here wouldn't be motivated or particularly wish to be motivated by spirituality. They're motivated by the materialistic pleasures and the activities and the goings-on of our realm, entertainment and all the things that go on. And that is their focus. Now these were beings, though, very, very different, who had taken spirituality to such a degree that they didn't regard their planet as any more their own than anyone else. Now, it's not a problem we have here on Earth because we don't have interaction with other cosmic races, uh, certainly not at any kind of official level. And most people don't even believe in them, or if they do believe in them, they don't think they're contactable at the moment, and they're sending out various signals and so on to try and make contact. Some of them are, are ridiculous signals, but however, they're being sent out. But in fact, you know, the other races throughout our, our solar system and, and our galaxy often do. In the solar system, they all do except for us. And they're all aware of a key fact, which is multidimensional existence. Perhaps you could call it that. They're all aware of the fact that people don't just live in different places. They live on different planes as well, different realms, different frequencies, and they're aware of this, and they're able to travel through these frequencies to identify uh, where people are actually living. This is a science well beyond the science that we have here. Uh, so, therefore, it, it's a, it's a, um, perhaps one should say, part of their raison d'etre to be aware of and involved in and engaged in uh, cosmic connections with people from other planets. This particular race in Gotha, as Chrissy has explained, they stopped doing that. They became only interested in themselves uh, and their own spiritual development. And it was spiritual development they were interested in, by the way. And I think that's one of the key things we have to stress. They were so committed to it they they lived a life of prayer, of, of monasticism, of total devotion and total focus on the divine creator. And they didn't feel, they, they, were, they knew, and they were correct in this, that no one possessed anything. None of us possess anything. There's no such thing as possession. All life is part of, the, of God, of Brahma. They knew this. They understood it. They lived it. But what they did, as became apparent, was stop to consider other races and the well-being, perhaps, of other races less developed than themselves. And there's a big lesson for us here, a lesson that we aren't even ready to learn. I think we have to tackle this with great humility. Don't you, Chrissy? Oh, absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Because these are wonderful beings in every respect, yes. except for this one thing which was revealed to us by this same uh, master from Gotha who visited 50 years ago uh, Dr. George King at the American headquarters physically and had this encounter with him. And then, of course, later on, he, he received a transmission from uh, called Gotha Speaks to Earth in which he, uh, the Gotha, this, I think 
15th of October 1966, a few months later, when the Gotha master explained that he started, and these are his words, and you sent me this quote, Richard, so I'd just like to read it, because mm. it seems like the right mm. time. I started a movement designed to take us out of the monasteries, out into the cosmos again, as you said. I only had a few loyal followers. The rest, all the rest, spent their time uh, trying to evolve themselves, cutting themselves off from all other human feelings, human suffering, so that they would not be disturbed in their evolution. History tells me that some upon your earth have done this in the past. Yes. And that's so true, isn't it? Um, because, you know, it's always struck me, Chrissy, as very strange that the Christian religion, of all the religions, and you could apply it, I think, to some degree, from what I know anyway, to all the religions, to different degrees, but it's always struck me as strange that the Christian religion should have become so monastic. Mm -hmm. And this happened fairly early on, I think I'm right in saying around about the 3rd or 4th century, this, this started to really come in, and it dominated, really, the religion for hundreds of years. Um, and, you know, there was a time, perhaps later on in the Middle Ages, when monasteries would help, in a country like England anyway, you know, uh, and they would help with what, what we might call welfare and schooling and with no hospitals but healing and health. But for the most part, these, these monasteries were concerned with people breaking away from the world and focusing on their own connections with God, their own prayerfulness, their own salvation, and not anything else. And, and, and very often they would go away to remote parts, deserts and so forth, to absolutely have no connection with humanity. And this is so foreign to, and we're going to, next in our next show, our next program is called, going to be focused on the real Master Jesus. And that will be actually, as it happens, on March the 15th, the next program, which is actually his correct birth date. And it'll be one I'm really looking forward to next month. But, of course, the, we can say now the essence of the Master Jesus was service, was love, yeah. was sacrifice yeah. among people. And likewise, his disciples and some of the apostles that came after him, such as St. Paul, were absolutely focused on going out among people spreading the word, giving healing, teaching, and yet, even in that religion, never mind Buddhism and Hinduism, where you see it as well, and in, in other religions too, the monastic tradition came in. It seems to be in the spiritual DNA almost of, of this world to do this. And yeah. it's, that's another reason, Christy, I think it's the Gotha lesson, if you like, is such a, a relevant one, and in the extract you just read, history tells me that some upon your earth have done this in the past. Absolutely bang on. I mean, they certainly have, and no uncertain terms. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, Richard, uh, about Christianity, because as you say, it's like the polar opposite, really, of, of what the Master Jesus taught and demonstrated. And so one wonders why it happens. Um, I mean, even Buddhism, you look at Buddhism and, you know, the Lord Buddha, although, yes, he taught a path to inner realization and a most wonderful path indeed, and although he spent some years, you know, in the wilderness and so on, as did Jesus spend some time in the wilderness, um, he actually lived a life of service, the Lord Buddha, uh, teaching, um, suffering, walking great distances, uh, and yet 
these things come in and it's something that we tend to do. I mean, I, I, I sort of come to the conclusion, Chrissy, that it's a, a sort of a selfishness. Mm. It's a kind of spiritual selfishness that can creep in and you know, among uh, talking about earth people because I don't think I'm fit to judge the Gotha people they they themselves the Gotha master criticizes the him themselves that's for them to do but you can certainly see it and it's a kind of a spiritual selfishness and I'll save myself and I'll focus on myself I'll find nirvana or I'll get to heaven and that and and I'm not concerned it's not my responsibility what happens to everybody else? I think is that is the big, big lesson. In fact, Chrissy, did I interrupt you? Were you going to say something there? Oh no, I was just going to say that um, that kind of leads to a statement made by the karmic lord Mars, sector six in the third freedom, uh, when he said, yeah. "This declaration, do I, which I think sort of changed everything, really. This declaration do mm. I throw into every mental realm. I would inform those aspirants who, in total disregard of human needs, retreat into the wilderness. Come you hence, for you are fools. Yes, that's from the third freedom. And, and, and you know, whenever I hear that, and uh, we've, we've discussed this before on the Theorist Radio yeah. Live and, and the third freedom, we've devoted a whole program to it. Uh, but whenever I come across that quote that you've just read out there, Chrissy, I personally, and I can certainly be wrong, I can only give my opinion here, I get the impression that the karmic lord Mars Sector 6 who delivered the third freedom doesn't have any time at all for people who go off and do this. And right. it, it, yes, it was allowed. at one. It's not allowable now. It won't work now. Hence, you'd be a fool to try it. But even when it was possible to go off into meditation a thousand years ago and more and find great states of enlightenment and so on, I don't get the feeling myself that Karmic Lord Mars Sector 6 thinks much of it anyway. It was allowed only because we are so selfish here that it was the only way you could get people like us to do it. That's, That's the feeling yeah. I get. And and yeah. it was never very good, and now it's over, and you can't even yeah. do it at all, and a good no. thing too. That's the spirit that comes over yeah. to me, Chrissy. Yes, and since it's been stated in this way by a, karma, a lord of karma, then, as you mm. say, that, this is it, the end of it. So, finally. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when looking, preparing for this program, I mean, there are, there's another quote by the Master Jesus, which is quite similar in wording, but a different style of wording. Have you got that one? Um, or shall I read it? I say unto you, man, he who in total disregard of universal suffering does search in these days for peace will find it not. Yes. I mean, and, and it's interesting that there's a, a transmission that's from the sixth blessing. Again, we've discussed this in a previous Ethereus Radio Live. But it uses the same phrase, in total disregard. And of course, one has to read these correctly, by the way, because neither the Master Jesus nor the Karmic Lord Master Sector 6 are saying it's wrong to search for peace. Um, the, what they're saying is it's wrong to search for peace in total disregard of universal suffering or in total disregard of human needs. Right. Um, you know, it's very important. The Master Jesus says very often in the Twelve Blessings, go within, find peace, then come out. 
and uh, all the masters in one way or another have said this but the highest motive i think chrissy for going within for for seeking enlightenment for searching for peace is because it will enable us to serve much better right i mean even even the great ones we're told in in the nine freedoms on on saturn and and the sun even have periods of i don't know the phrase now but galactic samadhi or whatever the phrase may be they go for massive long periods but when they come out they are equipped and ready to serve even more in other ways and it should all be part of that fabric of of growth but what it shouldn't be is done as something in its in its own right just for its own self and for one's own self and nothing else that's when it's wrong and it's illogical because enlightenment is oneness every great teaching on enlightenment will say this it is oneness with all life so what's the logic in disconnecting from all life in order to find oneness with all life service is the way now to enlightenment and this is another great lesson that comes through uh, from gotha yes and richard were you going to talk about the the lesson and the response to the lesson (laughs) yes i thought perhaps it might be good to start with the exact quote that one of the three adepts made or the statement that he made to the masters from gotha which started the change of their thinking do you have that one the very first when, one, otherwise. When he explained that, um, yeah, um, I've, had, I've got it here. Instead of other people in the yes. galaxy. Yes, um, yes. And he said quote. these words. He said, "If you do not think about yourselves, then what about others?" And that was the yeah. key sentence, which was an absolute ray of light. You know, they, they, they were going down the line of thinking, well, look, we're willing to sacrifice ourselves. I mean, very spiritual. We'll let these aliens come here. This land is no more ours than it's theirs. Um, they can come. We, we're just, you know, servants of God. <laughs> and then one of the adepts pointed out to them, if you do not think about yourselves, then what about others? I think that's the most, that is the lesson that uh, you know really applies to everyone. I think it's the answer. If people are wondering what to do with their lives, or if the people are feeling I'm not really in the right, commit myself to a path or to to a service, or I don't think I can yeah. do this, or I'm not ready, I'm not quite right about it. They just think that. Well, if you don't think about yourselves, then what about others? I think the answer is quite simple. Yes, there's so many lessons in the Gotha story for us, aren't there? There are. Mm. But you were going to talk about another point to do with that change they made, weren't you, Chrissy? Um, well, the, the incredible thing, and I, this is absolutely a mark of, of the great spirituality of these advanced extra, extraterrestrials on Gotha, that when this was stated by the, um, the, the three adepts, or one of the three adepts, they completely, every single inhabitant, we're told, of the two worlds had the unbelievable humility, really, and tremendous courage to change and cooperate as one to support the adepts. And every single person, there was like no like or dislike, nobody was lagging behind, uh, as they would on this planet, no belief or disbelief, no excuses, 
uh, no dragging of heels of any one person, but every single person saw the mm. lesson and totally agreed. Well, what an amazing race of people. What self-honesty. I mean, there's so many lessons yes, it in was, that for us, I think. There are. I mean, when that statement was made, they weighed it up. They didn't then it wasn't that wasn't the moment when they changed but shortly afterwards when certain things happened when another attempt was made to invade them and it was repelled and by the adepts then suddenly they saw it and as you rightly say when they saw it they changed in seconds we're told and the, yeah. all of them changed and i think that's a massive lesson because you know we we think all these things, it can take us time. There are very rare examples of in history when people have gone through a very quick and immediate change, um, you know, and they're not comparable with, with the people on Gotha. But you could talk about someone like St. Paul who, who completely changed from going down one direction to the other after a right. spiritual experience. But in this particular case, as you rightly say, it was in a minute. It was in seconds that they once yeah. they saw... And I think this shows Gosh. also the motivation that they had, the spiritual mm. motivation that they had. They weren't doing what they were doing because they enjoyed it or they wanted to do it. or They were doing it because they honestly believed that that was the spiritual way to, to operate. It right. was a, and, and that was their intention. And when they suddenly saw it wasn't, because they only wanted to operate spiritually, then they could change. They didn't have any baggage. Yeah. And, yeah. and they all changed, as you rightly say. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing, really. And if we had that type well, of approach I, on Earth, I think the Earth would change, the planet, you know, humanity would, could change very, very quickly. Indeed. If we had that type of honesty indeed. and humility and spirituality. Indeed. Do you know, I think we're halfway through this uh, yes. this program, um, so I think we need to hand over to Annette, don't we? I think we do. This is a great time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. On this live edition of Ethereus Radio Live, it is the 16th day of February, 2016, and we're awfully glad to have you around because you are enjoying this fascinating conversation about a cosmic lesson for advanced extraterrestrials. If you'd like more information on the Ethereus Society itself, as well as this topic, all of the events where you can reach somebody from the Ethereus Society to know more, please go to www.ethereus.org and you will find a variety of options and directions that you can take. To reach Richard Lawrence, please visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk. And of course, to reach Chrissy Blaze, it's www.chrissyblaze.com. We'd like to let you know of an upcoming event. The Ethereus Society presents 50 Glorious Years of Operation Sunbeam. Doesn't that sound great? You'll find these one-day seminars, the first being held on Saturday, 27th, February 2016, at the Northern UK branch. That's on Sheffield Road, Birdwell, Barnsley. And you'll find the second celebration on the 2nd April 2016 at the Ethereus Temple. That will be in London on Kelvedon Road. And of course, you will want more information. We direct you again to www.ethereus.org for all of the details on this wonderful opportunity for everybody to come together in Operation Sunbeam, the celebration of 50 years. This Operation Sunbeam originally devised so that mankind could give back to the Mother Earth, sort of a token of repayment 
for all the energy we have taken, and she has asked us for nothing. So look into that 50 glorious years of Operation Sunbeam by going to Aetherius.org. And, of course, you are paying kind attention to this wonderful program today. Aetherius Radio Live is returning you now to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Annette. That was wonderful. Thank you, Annette. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Chrissy, there's so many things, but I, 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 talking of the, the point you were just making about the speed, there, there is a comment that was made by the, the master etherius, the infallible one, as, uh, as Dr. King once called him, the master etherius. And he said this, he said, there is a great lesson indeed to be learned from that, referring to the, the whole conversation we're discussing here. And he said this, there is one thing I will say for Gotha, and that is, as soon as they all realized that they were wrong, they had the courage and determination to change immediately. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you can learn the greatest lesson in your lives from that one statement if you will only allow yourselves to learn it. It does take courage to change, doesn't it, and determination, and often humility, because by definition you have to admit, at least to yourself, that you've been wrong. Yeah, and great honesty, self-honesty. <laughs> Indeed, and they, they've changed immensely. And I, I think um, one of their, their heroes, undoubtedly, uh, was Dr. George King. They were deeply impressed by all that he did, all that we know that he did, and some things that they knew that most people don't know that he did. Um <laughs> And, you know, the work that he did on this world, because we've spoken quite openly on A Theorist Radio Live that he was, in fact, a cosmic avatar and uh, living in, in a primitive conditions. And I'd like to just draw attention to one of the quotes before we move on that, they, that the Gotham Master said about him. And he said this, I came to this Aetherius Society to make this visit. I asked this man, that's referring to Dr. King, many questions. He answered me. His answers to me were more holy than the words in our book of reverence. Wow. Yes. What do you make of that, Chrissy? It's incredible. People um, should rush to the website and find out as much as they can about Dr. George King, yeah. uh, the great spiritual master of this age. Yeah. Because the great ones recognize his greatness. And yeah. uh, we need to do it. Before the we world can truly do. change, I think. Yes, we certainly do. And and they revered his words. Their book of reverence, I, I'm assuming, was some kind of holy Bible of some kind. Um, but in a way, I probably can't begin to comprehend on their world. And yet, to them, now that once they changed, they realized that, no, it, it, it's service in action that counts, and that's what Dr. King, as far as they were concerned, was demonstrating just by being here, never mind what he actually did. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, as another, another thing I was going to say, Chrissy, is that um, there's another statement. Uh, do you have the statement they made that he made about the Great White Brotherhood there? Yes, I do. Um, even your Great White Brotherhood, as my history tells, you call it, stood helplessly by, not as my people would have stood helplessly by, but out of ignorance. That's very interesting, isn't it? Because Mm. 
the Great White Brotherhood, just to remind people, and I know you did a show with my wife Alison about um, this uh, at some point, I think, in the past, not not this year, but another time, I believe. Um, but we have talked about ascension anyway, the sixth, the sixth freedom, uh, before. And, of course, the Great White Brotherhood are wonderful men and women of many races of this from this earth who have ascended and who have stayed here. And so they aren't comparable at all, let me stress this, not at all, with people who are not ascended, who go into monasteries and retreats and so forth, um, and, and just concentrate on themselves. Exact opposite, in fact, because every single member of the Great White Brotherhood is here for two reasons. One, in order to serve. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. They don't need to be here. They could be among people far more conducive to them than the people of this earth now are to them. I mean, the people of this earth are extremely backward to them. So that's one. That's the reason they're here. That's the only reason they're here. But also because each one of those ascended master, masters have, has a specific ability or specific skills which are needed on earth. They have been selected and they know that they can use them here and therefore they volunteer to stay here. And it's yeah. quite a thought, isn't it? And yet, yes. he says, during, and he's referring there to the, the mission we spoke about, the alien mission, they stood helplessly by, uh, but out of ignorance, not as, his, not as his people. In other words, the people on Gotha, would have ha they had the science, they could have done things, but they chose not to whereas the Ascended Masters just were not able, knowledgeable enough in that particular ex area of expertise and skill to combat the, the, the evil intelligence that, uh, that was fought in the alien mission by the six adepts, or the five adepts, I should say. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Now, where do Richard, you want to go next? you had talked earlier about the, the contact with the, when the Master from Gotha came to the American headquarters... Yes. Uh, do we want to uh, talk about that? Yes, please do. Please do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and this is Only. what we celebrated um, last Saturday, February the 13th, the 50th anniversary of this very historic coming to our world of the uh, Master from Gotha um, and a visitation there with our spiritual master, the founder of the society, Dr. George King. And um, later on, there was an incredible transmission delivered in which the Gotham Master spoke about this uh, coming to the headquarters. And, um, it was, and also, our Master gave a lecture on it, which was very, very fascinating. Yes. And, and the whole um, event was absolutely incredible. And he, one thing I think that really moved me and touched me is when he, he first came, this incredibly sensitive and as Dr. King described him as kind of a romantic-looking, uh, slight, um, wonderful master, the first thing he felt on this planet was the the savagery and the yeah. full apparent ignorance, I believe, were his, were his words when he yes. came, yes. not at the American headquarters, but he, he was able, with his great psychic ability, that he could tune into the work of the adepts, 36 thousand light years away he was able of course to tune into humanity as a whole and i think it was so moving and so sad and yet despite that he went on and um has been of tremendous service to our world which 
Yes, I think we should mention. I think we should mention that um, this is a key thing. That after their great change, they really uh, wanted, and their main aim, which they are doing in the most fantastic ways, is to serve backward races and help backward races, and particularly help them uh, with the mission we, which Annette mentioned, their Operation Sunbeam, and these seminars are about Operation Sunbeam, and I think. We will be talking later in the year, Chrissy, about Operation Sunbeam, and, yes. and the, and because it's the 50th anniversary also, another one, of Operation Sunbeam coming up later this year. Uh, but those seminars are run by my colleague Mervyn Smith, who's taken part in Operation Sunbeam both here and in America on many occasions. Um, but we couldn't do Operation Sunbeam at all, which is for the benefit of the Mother Earth to repay a token give, uh, energy back to her. We could not do this without the Masters from Gotha being here, and three of them are now here. It was initially two, and now, now it's three, who are here to help us to do it. And we'll, we'll talk more about that, but before we do, I was going to back up what you were just saying there, Chrissy, because in, a, in an article in, in 1979, many several years later, uh, Dr. King wrote about this, and he said, and I'll read what he wrote in this, in this newsletter. He said, Maybe some of you do not realize this, but I'm afraid it is a fact which we all must face. Although the martyrs from Gotha have been either on or closely associated with our planet for many years, he's referring there to the, the three masters who are among us, helping us with Operation right. Sunbeam. He says this, I know that they are horrified with the ignorance of the masses which still prevails. Even though these great spiritual beings have worked hard in Operation Sunbeam for the benefit of man on earth through complex karmic manipulation, they still cannot fully condition themselves to the terrifying and utterly disgusting ignorance and disbelief which still pervades the majority of terrestrials. Hmm. That's I'm sorry, but I'm true, sorry isn't it, Richard? It's shocking, and I, I maybe not very palatable to some listeners, in which case well, I'm sorry about that, but we have to deal in truth here. This is the hour of truth, as our opening words say. And although we might, you know, we accustom ourselves, we might think we're fine, uh, we're all right on this planet. I mean, it's not all right. It's not all right to have wars. The kind of wars that we have are completely, just to name one thing, it's not all right to have poverty and wealth, extreme wealth, uh, on a planet. It's, it's insane, it's wrong, it's ignorant, and one could go on. So, yes, of course there are good people, and there have, there have been great people who've done great things, but the, the civilization as a whole, to a civilized race like this where they wouldn't countenance that kind of thing, they, they, they would do something about it immediately, must be yes. just traumatizing. To a, they're able to deal with it, but very, very shocking indeed. Yes, I, I mean, think the other thing... Sorry, no, please sorry. go on, Chrissy. Carry on. No, no please. I was, no, you, I was you going to talk on. a little bit at that point about one of the abilities of the people of Gotha with yeah. the cosmic net. Oh, yes. This, is, this, I think, describes how completely different they are from us and that um, all the people of Gotha can join together in a single thought and create a net of pure cosmic energy so that if anyone on their planet happens to be injured uh, by disease or attack, 
that injury is spread out over all the inhabitants of the planets and becomes, mm -hmm. because of that spreading out, becomes so diminished that in almost all cases we heard they would be healed or the attack harmless. And, um, yeah. you know, when we think about this ability, you know, if we're compassionate people, as I'm sure we are, the listeners, we do to a certain extent feel the pain of our brothers and sisters around the world. And many of us take that further by sending healing, but the depth of compassion of a whole race willing to share in all the pain and suffering of every person. I mean, unbelievable mm. ability. It's a wonderful thing, and it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's the kind of essence, is it not, of real brotherhood or sisterhood, you know, that they all share completely each other's pain. And of course, it's a brilliant defense. It's not a, a weapon of attack, but it's a right. brilliant defense right. because... I mean, it makes it very hard uh, for, for any opponent to damage any of them because it's immediately shared among the population of both the worlds. And may I just say, I was driving down the road with Dr. King one day, and uh, he informed me, and when I drove with Dr. King, I used to have to, I always kept a notebook in my pocket. I couldn't write in it, of course, while driving, uh, because he, he was always driven. He, he wasn't actually allowed by the Cosmic Masters to drive because of the danger factor if he would drive against him. And it was a great source, a great source of uh, a sorrow to him. It's something perhaps we wouldn't, most people wouldn't understand uh, because it wouldn't matter that much to them and some people might actually like to be driven. But not him. He was a, a fantastic driver he, and he showed it when he actually skippered a boat uh, but it was very important to him, driving, skippering. He, he was a professional driver. Uh, that I'm just giving an aside here. So that was a, a big sacrifice for him. But he obeyed it to the letter. He was given an instruction by the Cosmic Masters, and I believe this was the Master Etherius, his own master. He obeyed it to the letter, even though he didn't like it. But it, uh, it was wonderful for whoever was driving him, as uh, long as you, you watched your P's and Q's, because he was such a good driver himself. <laughs> But he would often chat and chat and chat. And on one occasion, he did reveal to me as I was driving that the martyrs from Gotha are no longer on two planets. Because when this happened, they were, they were occupying just two planets in the solar system. And he told me they've now moved out beyond that and they're occupying other planets as well. And um, so that's one of the little things I wrote down in my notebook uh, afterwards. Yeah. Oh, thank you just for as sharing a point that, of interest. Yeah. Well, I should share it because it wasn't just uh -huh. given for my benefit, I'm sure. And it's, it's, it's all part, I presume, of their general move and their mm. general expansion outwards. Uh, and they, they've got these sort of monastic uh, civilization, really, on the two planets, and now they're, they're spreading. But they haven't just spread within their solar system, Chrissy, haven't they? They've spread all over the galaxy, and they have really triumphed and championed Operation Sunbeam. Operation mm. Sunbeam, this wonderful mission in which we actually send energy to the Mother Earth herself. So high quality does that energy have to be that only a being of the caliber of the master from, Masters from Gotha could channel it because they're so advanced, so highly spiritual, and therefore they have agreed to perform that task uh, for us, it's not. That's not the only task they perform for us in Operation Sunbeam, and it's not the most gruesome one, which I'm sure we'll go on to, because that is that they've agreed to take the karma, whatever karma is necessary, and that really is quite something. I mean, Dr. King explained what that means in in brutal terms. He said this: 
If it means physical suffering, they will suffer. If it means falling down and getting a leg cut off, they will fall down and get a leg cut off. If that's what the karma means, they will do it without a question. Because they truly understand Operation Sunbeam, unlike, you know, the majority yeah. of people. Yes, I mean, it's a but terrible it's a, thought, it's a, really. What a sacrifice. What it, the, yeah, even now, and in our services, of course, on Saturday, we sent energy, especially to those three masters who are among us now, this very minute, uh, and taking whatever karma is necessary for Operation Sunbeam and performing it or enabling us to play a part in it because we simply, we, we can, it involves apparatus and various things and we can do some of those, but we could not, we are just not pure enough to channel energy directly to the Mother Earth, which by the way is, and we're going to talk more about this when we cover Operation Sunbeam, but it's a, a very, very different thing from the many ceremonies by several cultures of sending energy out to the earth, which is a great thing to do, but it won't go directly to the planet. It will go into the ethers around the planet and the devic realms, which you and Alison spoke about, around the planet, and it's a good thing. But this energy is pure, high-quality energy, which she can accept directly into her being, and that's why we need the masters from Gotha. And um, one thing you mentioned, Richard, when you said that um, they had reached out to spread the word about Operation Something. Yes. And yes. Um, one, another quote from the Masters from Gotha, they, actually this is from the Master of Sirius, I'm sorry, when the people from Gotha advised the galactic system of this, describing as they were able in full and complete details the primitive tools available to the designer, of, as our master, of this token energy repayment plan, if you wish to call it that, whole world suddenly realized that they not only should, but more important still, could do this type of thing. Unbelie Again, Absolutely. Unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. So, the Gotha Masters were virtually ambassadors, if you like, this is, uh, this is how I see it anyway, for Operation Sunbeam. Yeah. Uh, cosmic yeah. ambassadors for Operation Sunbeam. And they took the word, we're told, throughout the galactic system, and they did indeed inspire, not only inspire, they help. They, they offer their help wherever it will be accepted, wherever it's permitted, because there's karma involved, of course, just as yeah. there is for us in receiving this kind of help is intervention of a kind and there's only so much intervention any race is allowed otherwise the experience cycle is not correct then this is uh, obviously <laughs> something well above the pay grade of Ethereum's radio live to understand and comprehend uh, but they nevertheless have made themselves available and yes it was they as you say who spread this word uh, throughout the galaxy and others were inspired and, and, and races throughout the galaxy who were primitive sort of races uh, who weren't doing anything like this, any kind of mission to give energy directly. And I want to stress that. Yes, of course, people have prayed for the planet and worshipped the earth. The ancient Greeks, uh, many indigenous races and so-called have had ceremonies or rituals of one kind or another but this is something of a, on a different league. This is, and we're going to describe and explain this, and, and, and that's one thing that these seminars over here will do, but we'll be talking more about this as the year goes on. But sending energy directly to a planet, which that planet can actually receive within themselves, 
that is uh, that is what we're here talking about. Yes, indeed. And, you know, these planets were so inspired by the monsters from Gotha. As you say, they were primitive, but really compared to us, we're much mm. more primitive because, you know, even though Operation Sunbeam is being performed on this Earth, it's completely disregarded by mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, as I say, if you're listening for the first time, you have to please do follow up with these things. We don't ask you to believe them right away, but we ask you to please investigate um, mm. in an open-minded fashion because these truths are so wonderful and uh, so will be so much a part of our future on this planet. Did you want to read the other quote also, um, which follows that one from the Master Ethereus? Oh, right. Um the Master Zero said, they have come so much into the realization that it is service which counts above all other things, above all other things, that they are now clamoring to take upon themselves any karma necessary in order to make Operation Sunbeam successful upon Terra and upon any other backward world which needs karmic manipulation. Wow. Yes, I mean, sacrifice is the name of the... I mean, that means not just helping with the mission, but taking the karma, and Uh Dr. King there has vividly described an example of how they might have to do that, and they're clamoring to do that. The exact opposite to what they were doing before, completely foreign to people on this world. You know, there are absolutely outstanding exceptions of people who have made great sacrifices. Uh, but they're few and far between for for the world as a whole. Uh, And here you have them clamoring, is the word, to do this and to take upon themselves any karma. And I I mean, it'd be my opinion that they're following the example of their heroes, who they revere, to whom they have a shrine, uh, namely the the six adepts uh, who have done just that and do do just that in certain cases uh, wherever they possibly can. And it, it's amazing. I, I have noticed, Chrissy, that you know when one talks about peace, when one talks about love, uh, people certainly warm to it. When one talks about sacrifice, it isn't so popular. Doesn't get so many likes. Uh, but that's that's the nature, is it not, of the human race and uh, of all of us, really. Which is a big lesson, and boy, have the, have the Gotham Masters learnt it. You know, Chrissy, yeah, I think this this hour. Sorry, please say. And I say, of course, love is sacrifice at a higher level, is it not? At the highest level, indeed, it is, yeah. Uh, I think this hour would not be complete if we didn't just touch on the mission that developed as a result of this uh, contact with the three adepts uh, who came to their aid, just following on from the story that you gave us, the scene you set at the beginning, and the fact that a mission ensued in which the the three adepts did help them and taught them using protection devices and so on to defend themselves, and they did indeed defend themselves. They they, they and they that, that was the lesson they had to learn to actually defend themselves and protect themselves. They they taught them to use protective screens. They had another uh, as well as the one you've mentioned, this ability to share. Uh, among each other any tax or any injuries they also had the ability to raise the vibrations of every molecule didn't they uh, of themselves and of the planet for a period of time and therefore be undetectable to any any invader those two abilities they already had 
but they also uh, were helped by the three adepts. So that was the, how it started, and the mission progressed, and it's an amazing story. And the final chapter of it is called, in, the, in our Ethereum Society newsletter, The Greatest Story Ever Told. And right at the end of this story, a great, mighty, cosmic being um, appears before the invading uh, hostile aliens and activates their weapons. And if you want to get a much fuller and better description of this, do get this newsletter. And by the way, do get the transmission that uh, Chrissy referred to, Gotha Speaks to Earth which is available through ethereus.org, is available on CD and download. Uh, but in terms of this particular incident, the greatest story ever told right at the end, this great cosmic intelligence allows, or actually doesn't just allow, causes all the weaponry on the attacking vessels to be aimed at itself, and it doesn't retaliate at all and doesn't kill any life at all, but teaches them all and all those their controllers and the people from where they came by radiating images of this, a lesson. So it's as though, Chrissy, it started with this lesson in learning you've got to defend yourself, mm-hmm. you've got to protect yourself, and it ended with this demonstration, you might call like the ultimate demonstration of divine pacifism, in a way, mm-hmm. where a lesson was taught it's a total and perfect and beautiful story, uh, as well as a true one, because fiction, by the way, is alien to the Gotham Master. It's one thing that that Gotham Master could not comprehend when he visited Dr. King in that physical contact, and Dr. King showed him, for example, videos which were uh, he, he would watch. The concept of fiction, it was completely alien. They don't need fiction. They're able to study the, the truth uh, and the history of the truth. And uh, this is another, as you said, Chrissy, absolutely true. And I know it's mind-blowing, and I do want to thank those listeners who stayed with us for this hour. But it is something which has to be put out there and shared because of the most fantastic, probably the greatest lesson of all lessons is contained in it. Yes, that's right, Richard. Thank you very much. Well, these are indeed wonderful beings who are helping our world, and we're deeply um, blessed to know of them and to have the opportunity to extend ourselves in deepest gratitude for all that they do. So shall we um, ask Annette to make announcements with the close? Please. Thank you very much. Thank you, Annette. And thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze who hosts Ethereus Radio Live here on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. And you can find out more information by going to bodymindspiritradio.com about the program schedule and more information about the Ethereus Society by visiting ethereus.org. You can find out how to reach Richard by going to richardlawrence.co.uk and Chrissy Blaze at chrissyblaze.com. And don't forget, you've got an upcoming program, In February, this is February, forgive me, in March, The Real Master Jesus, and that show will be live on 15th March 2016. Once again, thank you all for your kind attention to this wonderful, wonderful program, Ethereus Radio Live, that is a production of Body, Mind, Spirit Radio.